welcome. And thank you for joining us today on the Leadership Cafe, where we talk with extraordinary people who are leading remarkable businesses. And we're your host, Michael Couch. And I'm Richard Citrin, and thank you for joining us today. You know, it's been a most challenging 2020. And as we approach the end of the year, we want to find out how some of our most successful and thoughtful leaders have guided their teams and industries through the challenges of the past six months and what they're anticipating going forward. But before we introduce our special guest today, Audrey Rousseau, we want to make sure to thank our sponsor, Vaco, a global talent solutions company. We really appreciate their support and sponsorship of the Leadership Cafe. And I'll turn it over to Mike to introduce Audrey. Yes, well, uh, welcome everyone. And today's special guest is uh, Audrey Russo, as Richard mentioned. She's the uh, CEO, President and CEO of the of the Pittsburgh Technology Council. Uh, and uh, so welcome, Audrey. Thanks. So great to be here. Thank you for uh, having me. Love talking to both of you always and uh, oh, honored to have this discussion now. Yeah, Thanks. great. Great. Yes. So maybe uh, tell us a little bit about your unique background and, and, and what's going on at the Tech Council these days. Well, I mean, I'm I'm just an amalgamation of a lot of extraordinary opportunities that I've had in yeah. my life. So yeah. coming yeah. out of tech, uh, spent some time, you know, in the aluminum industry, came to Pittsburgh, uh, worked for another aluminum company, then worked for a Carnegie Mellon spin out, and then landed at the Tech Council in, uh, it's going to be, it's 12 years, sort of insane. Wow. I, I really thought I would have been there for three, and then every time... I say, oh, it's time for me to go. Something extraordinary happens, either in the environment, with my team, with the work, with the world climate, with the regional situations. There's always something that that happens. And most recently, obviously, it's with, with COVID-19 and uh, exacerbated by, you know, the issue, the death of, of George Floyd and the impact on, on our community here as well around the United States. So the Tech Council is just, we're a large technology trade association. And uh, we focus on, you know, making sure that this part of the world is amazing. And that it's amazing for people to do business. And uh, we're 1,100 members and we're very, very large. We're the oldest, the largest. And uh, I like to say we're the best. And the reason why I think we're the best is because we are really at the, the epicenter of all things that happen in yep. this community and it's across almost every market sector. Obviously, we care about innovation and tech and the universities and commercialization and all that. But as you two know very well, it's really about people. It's about the leaders, it's about people, it's about community, it's about um, interconnectedness, all the things that sometimes people just sort of think is too cliche. But as you two know very well, that, that is what, what really makes the difference. So, uh, you know, that, that's sort of what, in a nutshell, what I'm up to. We're involved in a lot of things, public policy focus at the national level, as well as at the state and local level, of course. And uh, we're bipartisan, but we care about the issues that really matter to people who are building businesses. That can be immigration reform, that could be tax structures, that could be, um, you know, opportunity zones, anything that will you know, ensure the proliferation of the attractiveness of Southwestern Pennsylvania. And then, you know, we get involved like you both know and our, you know, your listeners should know in terms of talent, what are the strategies, what are the big gaps, uh, what does it mean in terms of talent development and, uh, you know, are we doing a good job like collectively yeah. with individually as companies? So that's a little bit about what we do and we obviously do a lot of marketing 
and uh, public, you know, opportunities. We have a radio show. We do lots of things that in the written word every day we do. Since COVID, we've been doing a noon series called Business as Usual, which is just sort of insane. Why is it business as usual? To tell you the truth, we only had three days. <laughs> and I said to my folks, we got to innovate or die. Okay, that's what we got to live by. We got to innovate or die. And business as unusual or business unusual, I Googled it and it seemed like it was taken. And I just went, you know what, we're just going to innovate and call it business as usual. And, you know, I thought we'd do it for two weeks and now we're in six months. And uh, it's been just a great platform to convene the community and to talk about all the things and uh, that matter to all of us in our whole lives, which has just been, you know, really fabulous. So, yeah. I have to say that I, did, uh, I would weigh in on that and say it's it's a fantastic resource. I mean, you know, I'm just a, a you know a sole, solo practitioner, but the initial information that I gleaned from business as usual was uh, was invaluable, and then the insights and perspectives uh, during these changing times that you, I've gathered there have been have been great. So again, pl applause for that. One of the many benefits for being part of the tech council since I started my business many many years ago. It's been been key to, to key to being able to move forward. So thank you for oh, that. And it's like 38 years, I think, the organization was around. So it's good. Yeah. Very yeah. honorable. So Audrey, I want to ask you, given your perspective in, in terms of not only your own leadership, but what you've seen in the technology community, what what's how they responded? You know, obviously every leader we've talked to on the Leadership Cafe has said uh, that that the 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 biggest change coming out of the pandemic has been the, the future of what technology is going to bring. So you're right in the heart of yeah. it. You're seeing what's going on. How has the tech community responded internally for themselves in terms of working with their employees, mm -hmm. uh, their leadership ideas, and other other initiatives that you might have might be seeing going on? Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it, in some ways it's complex, and in some ways it's simple, right? In, you know, the in terms of complex, you know, obviously if you have a company that just recently had capital investment and you just scaling, you're starting to scale and you know, all of a sudden you have COVID, right? How do you bring people on? What happens with your clients? What, you know, what does it mean to really work from home? Can you work from home given, given the work that you do? So I think everyone wrestled with that like right away. Um, the, one, the, the companies that really had to think through what their strategies are as you know, this real time moving target occurred are the ones that actually work on stuff and the information of things, people who have to touch things, people who have to, you know, you can't, you have to touch, you know, an automobile, or you have to touch an apparatus, or you have to, that piece has become tricky, right? Yeah, and so yeah. there was a huge amount of preoccupation in terms of what is safety. Uh, you know, how do you create a safe environment? What are the protocols? And if you remember six months ago at the federal level, there was a lot of, there, you know, there wasn't a lot of clarity and leadership in terms of what is safe. Um, you know, we're past that now. I think we're past that now. Um, some people have COVID fatigue, unfortunately and fortunately, but they, you know, I think we're past that now. But there were companies who were saying, if I don't work in the office and I can't bill, I have no revenue coming in because I'm running a government contract, for example, or I'm doing a project for yeah. someone yeah. and I have no revenue. So you know, there's, there was that dimension. And then there were many companies who immediately said, you know what, my lease is running out. I'm not going to renew it. Yeah. And 
we're going to work virtually. And guess what? That worked. We flipped it in no time. And I'm talking some of them were big, huge companies. They, yes. you know, BNY Mellon, you know, put their technology team, which is, you know, like, I don't know, thousand people maybe. And just everyone's working remotely and it's working seamlessly. Yes. And, you know, they put in the right infrastructure to make it happen. And it happened really quickly. And there are other companies, you know, large multinationals that are on the, you know, the Fortune 500 that have done the same. And many of them are, you know, they beat on their chest with a lot of proudness and say, wow, we did it. We really did it. And you know what? We're really efficient. Yeah. We're really efficient. I mean, I don't know about you you two, but I am punctual now. I am back-to-back <laughs> -back appointments. I am not getting in my car, you know, trying to figure out if I go to Richard's first, then I go to Michael's and what's the, yeah. you know, what's yeah. in between. Uh, I'm back-to-back. Now, yeah. you know, that fried me out a little bit. I got to tell you, that fried me out. People have talked about Zoom fatigue, et cetera. It's just like, you know, having 10 meetings back to back uh, on Zoom being really efficient, you know, can get exhausting. You know, you forget to go to the restroom. You got to figure out how to manage your dogs and, you know, <laughs> et cetera. But the commonality, the other commonality that I just want to bring up to both of you based on both of your wisdom in terms of working with leaders is really what happened with the murder of George Floyd and on top of COVID. And that became really um, powerful in terms of leaders trying to confront themselves, yes. trying to question and have conversations that they really may never have had before and trying to figure out what it meant for them and where they may have failed in terms of, you know, lack of perpetuating um, inc inclusivity, you know, equity, um, talent attraction, et cetera. So we've had a lot of out loud conversations with folks and what became, what becomes really apparent to me is that leaders have not been able, there's lots of leadership groups, there's lots of, you know, good coaching and mentoring available, but having authentic conversations like this in a safe environment Yes, is lacking. And I've been trying to figure out pathways for that. Mm. Created a couple of listening groups, still trying to synthesize through that so that there is a sense of safety because you know what? We do have, um, we don't have representation of leaders across the tech ecosystem that actually reflect the demographics of our community. We just yeah. don't. And that's, that's mm. a fact. So, yeah. you know, there's been a somberness that I think that has, um, you know, been embedded in this period of COVID. So yeah. work from home is here to stay. Hybrid is here to stay. Um, hiring people outside of the region, if you're working for a software company, is definitely here to stay. You know, Richard can live in, in Salt Lake City, Utah. And, you know, we can probably figure out the tax issues and, you know. Yeah. Um, but we are seeing now that we're six months into it, that people are having like a yearning for seeing people. Yes. Now, yeah, this real time. The hallway seeing, conversations. Like, yeah, that yeah. accidental collision that yields innovation. Yeah, and we've also, uh, we've partnered with uh, another colleague to do about uh, 50 surveys globally about employees' uh, perception of their, uh, their organization's uh, response to COVID. And uh, it actually was very positive, which was great to see overall. Employees, employees felt they were communicated very well 
to. They understood policies and procedures, what's going to happen now, but they were missing the opportunity to have their voice heard. Yeah. So I think you're the observation you, you see there and what we're seeing is, is that point. So how do we how do we new, now create new ways and new pathways right. to, to have those casual collisions that right. not only drive innovation, but that, that, that drive our social needs? Hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Audrey, when you uh, when you think about um, your leadership experiences, is there some um, uh, personal experience that you've had as a leader that has been particularly impactful for you, or has it been, uh, you know, you've had a, a storied career, but has there been some events that have happened that really have uh, said to you, hmm, this, this changes the way I'm thinking about leading? Well, actually, what um, the, the best examples and inflection points in my own career, and, and I've been a leader since I've been in my 20s. I've, I've always been in leadership roles. I'm not a good, I'm, you know, some people could say that I'm, I'm extremely bossy. I like to say I like to own things and take responsibility. <laughs> um, but the biggest lessons that I've learned have been from, from bad leaders. Ah. You know, that's really where I, you know, I've walked away saying, well, I'm never going to do that. Yeah, yes. Yeah. I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. And uh, so that's like an accumulation over time that I've just sort of had that in my mind, like I'm not going to do that. I think what's really tricky in today's interaction that I'm having, like if I can just sort of skip over a couple of decades and now say doing Zoom and having staff meetings is tough. Yes. I find it so painful and I know my team and I have one-on-one -on -one relationships with all of them, but when we all get together and we're on a Zoom, I either feel like I have to be a stand-up comic and try to pull, pull it out, no matter what the agenda is, Yeah. you know? And I have to make sure that I go around looking at, am I asking Richard? Did I ask Susie? Am I doing this? And it feels very contrived yes sometimes so it's like how to create like this kind of engaged circle has been really tough at least for me it's been really tough because it's not reporting in i get that reporting yeah. is great I, I get that but really getting a sense of what's really happening and being yeah. off of those ideas you know it's even it's even the thing of you know do you look at the screen like I'm doing now, or do you look at the camera like I'm doing now? And does yes. that give people a different sense of how you're connecting with them? Yeah. And these, you know, when we meet face to face, these these micro expressions are what make a difference in expressing things like empathy and understanding. And on Zoom, it, you know, you know, we don't have the, uh, you know, the personal technology or the technology technology to to manifest those in the same way. I mean, maybe you will. I mean, Facebook in Pittsburgh has, the, you know, they have the reality labs and they are working on some interesting things in terms of holograms and three-dimensional, you know, manifestations of you and I. They're not there yet. The there is not there yet. Uh, I think once we get to that point, we probably will be able to sort of transpose ourselves into the ether and have, like, you know, right? I know. But I, mean, I love it. I, I want to see them do smell. I want smell to be true. <laughs> I want to be able to, you know, you know, burn a little incense or something and have, I or know, bring a flower in from the garden and say, smell my rose. Isn't this amazing? That's, that's so what I want. Yeah. That's yeah. such a great point.
you know, we had uh, we had one CEO who uh, had lunches delivered to the homes of his staff, yeah. and then they just did a lunch. Right. And right. He, and uh, I think yeah, he said that in that case, he probably learned more about what was going on than his his formal Zoom staff meeting. You know, that's so, really yeah. a good idea. Every year since I've been at the Tech Council, we finish our fiscal year at the end of August. And so what I do is right after Labor Day, I, I hold New Year's breakfast. This was, the first, this was the first time I never did a new, I didn't do a New Year's breakfast. Yeah. And you know what, that I should have done what you well, just mentioned. Well, we're just, we're just a few weeks after August, the end of August, not too late. Let, it, let us know what it is though. <laughs> we'll give you our addresses to deliver the food. <laughs> no, that's probably a really good idea because we, we don't have that kind of casual bumping in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, make, making making it uh, making the what seems would normally be might be a casual uh, you know bumping into somebody making it a little bit more formal. But it's just you know let's just bump into each other for for an hour or so. Let's not do business. Let's sort of just check in and and see how everybody's doing. So I, I love that idea. I think the other thing that you've mentioned that we've heard consistently is, wow, we could be faster and more innovative than we thought we could because right. of the pressure. Just like you said to your team, we got to innovate or die here, so let's right. do it in three right. days. Right, and you know, the other thing that I have heard a lot and uh, is that people have adopted solutions quicker yes. than they would have. So they're just saying, you know what? You know that thing that we said we were going to do? We're going to do it now. Yep. And right. we're not going to panic. We're not going to have incrementalism. We're really going to move more quickly on it. We talked with a healthcare CEO who they've been struggling for a couple of years getting electronic health records to the level that they want to. When this all hit, they did it in five days. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and they said we're all saying, "Well, what, 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 what? How, you know?" But he was so uh, impressed with what they learned from that, and then rethinking their processes and their and their approach to projects. We we heard that in several cases. Well, isn't that just to, to me? That's incredible. As someone who spent five years doing systems implementation for for an ERP, you know, the change management, the methodology, all that. There's nothing better than a crisis. To facilitate change so how do we embed that yes. in an authentic way so that we can accelerate that kind of change in a, in a meaningful way yeah like we've just done yeah you know i think it's 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 agile on steroids almost right now and right. i think we can learn a lot uh, from that uh, and and the other thing we have seen consistently is uh, leaders are doing uh, after action review very quickly. Why did that work? Why didn't it work? What can we do now? And uh, stand up. Let's do stand ups. We talked with a hospital CEO yesterday who they do daily, uh, you know, sort of their scrum kind of meetings on specific topics and uh, move quickly, quicker than they ever thought they could. So. so what is it that stopped us from doing that before? Or is it that we never want a price, a good crisis to go to waste? Well, I think it's I think it's risk, you know, risk aversion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe lawyers, um, you know, who, just <laughs> who have the job of asking the question. But I, I think what we're seeing is what we're hearing, not what we're seeing, what we're hearing from leaders we've talked to is we're not taking 18 months to study something. We, we just don't have that time. We just have to respond. And if we have to modify, then we modify. Yeah. yeah. The, the healthcare CEO, you know, stole the lean idea of fail often and fail early. You know, right. and, they're, and they're just they and they're just being comfortable. And the other theme 
was not uh, not uh, beating people for failing, but using it as a learned. And I think that's part of that risk uh, side. People don't want to be, uh, you know, uh, be beat on or be said you screwed up, but using it as a learning opportunity. That's been a highlight for me. Right. So how do we continue that? That's the question. How do we continue that? You know, I mean, obviously we're not going to move as fast as we've been moving right now, but I mean, how do we ever go back? to having these kinds of long change cycles. Well, as, as we see in culture, it's habit. And so if we can, uh, you know, we've heard a lot of people going back to the greater good. Why are we here? Just what, you know, we talked with the CEO this morning that, it, hey, we're not product anymore. We're creating a meaningful experiences for people. And a greater why and then building new habits right behind that that they that you build in and that's where the leaders play a role of showing these new behaviors that become that that that's what people get the impression of culture yeah wow. but, but let's, let's just not fall back to our old habits and i think that'll be you know that's why i think that the rug has been pulled out from under us and i we, we just won't be able to go back to old habits is my hope uh, anyway yeah i don't i don't think that we'll go back just i mean we will probably slow down I think that there will be people that will get comfortable. That's just sort of the natural gravitational pull. But I don't think we're going to go back to Richard's going to tell me that I have to come into the office every day from eight to five. I just right. don't think so. And I think Richard's going to care more about me as a person and ask me about my dogs or ask me about my kid or, or do things that Richard never thought about before. Yeah, yes. and that I'm going to have confidence and trust. Uh, we hear, we've heard trust a lot yes. from yeah. leaders that that's been a big a big right. connection is they've gotten away from any sense of micromanaging. Right. Uh, they've just they just made the statement about trust, and I think it's the same way. You know, you've talked about you, you know your your calls and telling your people we have to innovate. That's just a message that's gotten through. And and I, uh, you know I we've known you for a long time, Audrey. I don't think you're going to stop coming off of that message. That's what technology is all about so that right. that may yeah. be the new mantra for the next 10 years of your time at the tech council right. yeah. trust trust <laughs> trust and transparency i think those are the probably the two more yeah. common themes we've heard for it sure. is. i mean i can tell you today you know it's so funny today i had a team meeting and uh i i said something that they were probably always always thinking about i've been wearing i was wearing the same shirt every time i see them it's a, it's a <laughs> it's a 412 shirt and i finally said I wash this shirt. I just <laughs> it fits, and several people went. We were wondering. Yeah, yeah. That's why I'm glad they haven't invented the smell thing yet. Yeah, yeah. No, that's probably why. I, that's, yeah. that's the reason. Yeah. yeah. Well, listen, Audrey Rousseau. It has been fantastic having you join us today. That's Thank awesome. you so much. This has been a great conversation, giving us an idea about uh, the tech council, but also about the larger technology world. So, thanks for sharing uh, your insights about that. Uh, can you tell us the website uh, for Tech Council and ways yeah, people can access you? Go to pghtech.org. And uh, if you just Google Pittsburgh Tech Council, it comes right up. And of course, you've got events and activities and your, your daily radio show. So there's lots of things that people can access. Absolutely. Uh, hear more about technology in Pittsburgh, which is really uh, has become, not is becoming, but has become a major hub for technology globally, probably extraterrestrially, I would think. Oh, yeah. I would. Oh, well, soon. They got their eyes on us. Yeah. Right. Hey, Audrey, I know you have a copy of our book, but as a yeah, thank you, we're going to be wonderful. sending you another copy to perhaps share with one of your colleagues. 
We want to also thank our sponsor, Vaco, for helping make the Leadership Cafe such a great place to meet folks like Audrey Rousseau. And remember, you can hear this podcast on Michael's website, my website, on the Vaco website, vaco.com. We're going to make sure that it gets posted on the PGH Tech Council website as well. Uh, and it's also on Spotify and other places where your finest podcasts are listed. We also want to thank our amazing uh, producer director, Michelle Jaroszewski, for providing us such great support. Uh, and for all of us at the Leadership Cafe, thanks for joining in. I'm Richard Citron. And I'm Michael Couch, and we look forward to connecting with you all on the next Leadership Cafe. Thanks.